Today on the podcast, we have Brian Blum. He is a co-founder of Grind Basketball, the shooting machine in a duffel bag. Really cool company. This is a one-on-one conversation with Tim and Brian about how they started, how they got on Shark Tank, and so much more. The conversation originally happened on the Sports Biz Network. You can join us at the link in the description below. That was on last week. Now you listen to the recording, but you can always jump on all of our podcasts now on the Sports Biz Network to be on live and ask questions. And then of course, the podcast will always be here on the recording as well. We thank you for listening and hope you enjoy. Let's do a quick background um, on Grind, right? So yourself and Grind, that way if people are jumping in, they don't know who you are, or what you are, if they weren't at the virtual summit, um, let's, let's give a quick background, 90 seconds, and then we'll dive into more about the business aspect. Sure. Sure. And, and, and you know, thanks for having me on Tim, but, um, yeah, so, so grind is, uh, we're a sports technology company. So we're focused on, uh, right now, our first product is the world's first portable basketball shooting machine. So basketball shooting machines automatically capture, makes and misses, pass them back out to players. And, uh, you know, traditionally they've been difficult to come by as an individual. So one of the things, you know, we're all about here is improving accessibility to elite training resources. And uh, this is a product we wanted to make available and convenient and, you know, specifically designed for uh, the modern athlete, whether that's, you know, a parent buying it for their kid, a trainer who's using it to differentiate himself, you know, from the rest of the market, um, a high school coach unsatisfied with current existing models, or, you know, maybe it's a college kid using those new NIL rules to, you know, get some, get some cash in the door and, and get his own machine. Uh, you know, we wanted to make this something that every individual could own and, and was easy for them to kind of use as they see fit. Cool. And, and how did this even come about? I know you and Thomas, obviously you give us the backstory about that and his injury and, and how yeah. this walk even Yeah. Came. So, so Thomas, uh, Thomas and I met in, I guess it was either 2012 or 2013. I can't even remember now, but uh, we were actually both playing basketball in Houston, Texas. Uh, both of us dreams of making it to the next level, you know, working our tails off to, to accomplish that. And uh, we were on the same travel basketball team, uh, the Houston Hoop Stars. Um, it's kind of crazy, man. It was like, we, uh, you know, we were both the new kids. Everyone else on the team had returned from the previous year. And so we both showed up to that first practice, you know, 45 minutes early, uh, eager beaver trying to get up shots. And, um, you know, that's, that's kind of how we met. And, uh, you know, fast friends, fast forward a few years. And then Thomas actually, you know, injured uh, his knee, had four knee surgeries before he graduated high school. So, um, you know, unfortunately cut his career short, but it kind of, he was able to channel all of that into, you know, trying to solve problems for athletes. And so that's why he started grind, uh, back in 2015 or 16. Um, so it's been a long time in the, in the coming, uh, it's, it's been something that he worked on for, for a while, um, you know, developing the product, iterating on it, making sure that, you know, it was ready for some, some real mass market appeal. And, um, you know, eventually I, I synced back up with him about, about two years ago, almost now. And uh, we launched last year in March, 2020. Gotcha. So the, the early stages of designing the, the product probably started with him writing on a piece of paper or a napkin, right? Yeah. Do you walk us through like some of those steps? Like, okay, I draw it. Now I contact and get like actual physical product to create a prototype. How did, how did that whole process work? 
Sure. So like you said, I mean, it starts out as, you know, a, a dream, right. And then it's a, it's a sketch. Uh, and then, you know, it's, it's a really cool story. His buddy actually taught him how to weld. And so um, taught him how to weld in the garage. And so that was kind of the initial, you know, ability to start playing around with some different materials to, you know, start prototyping, trying to figure out if this is viable, right? I think initially the goal was to make it something that could be in a backpack. And we quickly found out, you know, you need some more stability than that. You can't uh, have a 50 pound shooting machine because it'll just blow over, you know, a, a hard rebound will make it fall over. So, um, you know, he had some uh, he had some help from U of H is where he went University of Houston um, a couple of co-founders that were engineers and you know I think just collectively they they kept working kept you know trying out new things trying to make it a more stable product trying to continue to keep it lightweight and easy to transport you know getting that uh, folding into the duffel bag mechanism that you know really does make it super easy for people to transport from place to place. Um, all of those features, you know, it's just, it's a process. I mean, it's, you know, failing, 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 and then just using the lessons, applying those and, uh, you know, really being able to, to, I guess, like not stop, you know, I mean, that's the thing is like every, every time that, you know, they run into a roadblock, it's okay. How are we going to fix this? How are we going to make it better? And, um, that's how we kind of got to where we are today. Gotcha. And so the, the, you said 2015, 2016 ish, he's working on it. How did he get to 2018 without, is this a side project? Did he have a job? How is he paying bills while he's working on this at the same time? Right. I mean, it's, it was uh, kind of, you know, the American dream, man. I mean, just hustling, right? Like, I think, you know, he worked at Canes. He, uh, you know, he, he was a, running the drive through at Canes. He was working at the YMCA, you know, morning shift, 5 a.m. Uh, I think there was a, a job at a car wash somewhere in there. I mean, it, it was always something different as we would stay in touch, you know, and it, it was just really, it, it, it's crazy to see the evolution, you know, going from, you know, all of those hustles that he kind of kept, kept pursuing to make sure that this dream stayed alive. And then now, you know, obviously we're generating a good amount of revenue now, like it's, it's a viable business. And just to see that dedication, you know, it's been really cool, but I mean, he worked every job under the sun, you know, to, to keep the lights on. Yeah. Yeah. No, you have to, especially at that stage. And so, so 2018 comes and you come back, where's the product at that time? Is it what it is today? Or were you guys still iterating at that time frame? Um, so he, uh, so, so he, the product at the time was, it was a similar version. I mean, the prototype was really starting to get viable then, but it, it really uh, was more of a, a mid 2019 thing. Um, we worked with a engineering design firm to, you know, really tune up a lot of the different aspects of the machine that needed to make it more visually appealing. I think originally it was something that, you know, uh, didn't have the same aesthetic that we were going for the branding and, um, but the function was there, you know, it, the, the corralling it into the net, going through the funnel, the passing mechanism, all of that was there. So, um, you know, it just took some time. I mean, it, it really, uh, it was something that, you know, we knew after talking with customers that it was going to sell, you know, we knew that coaches were going to want it. Parents were going to want it. Um, it was just about getting that to that final version. 
you know, viable. So we, you know, part of that is you're limited by the talent that you're, you have on your team. Like we brought in, you know, our head of engineering now, Elliot Martinez, he's just an absolute stud, you know, and, and he's, he's got a great eye for design. He's really good with his hands, really technical and just adding talent like that, you know, helped us get to the point where now, you know, we're selling these machines, we're manufacturing them, you know, pretty much on a, on a weekly basis, trying to fulfill orders and, uh, you know, it, it, it just takes time. It really does. And where, so in 2019, 2020-ish, when you said you guys were really starting to sell the product, is this, did you guys say, okay, well, you hadn't raised any money at that point, right? No. Right. No. So did you, and you said you're going to do like, was it like a Kickstarter or pre, pre-order type of ordeal? Was it on Kickstarter, one of the platforms? Uh, initially it was, um, that was the plan. And then we actually just pivoted to traditional digital marketing e-commerce strategy, uh, you know, selling pre-orders on Shopify. So, um, you know, in doing that, uh, it, kind of allowed us to validate that this was something the market wanted. And, um, whereas Kickstarter, you know, it's just a little Kickstarter is a little more fluffy. Like it's not as much of a commitment. People are kind of just supporting you, right? Like this was people, you know, paying for an order, expecting to get it. So stakes were a little bit higher, but uh, you know, it, it definitely helped us understand we had something and um, you know, helped us raise money. Whereas I think a Kickstarter would have been a little, I mean, I think we still would have been able to raise some capital last fall, but, and, and then this spring, but uh, you know, I, I think the way the approach we did, it was a little riskier, but it, it definitely helped tell the story better to investors. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that the, the, the strategy of like saying, because most people, when a product like yours, which it might, might be a little bit higher in the cost to do a Kickstarter makes a lot of sense. And that would be, you know, a first step to them because you can buy t-shirts. Like you said, you can fluff it up and people can support and that it just helps you generate revenue. Right. But to go straight to Shopify after that, to make it a pre-order, you're, you're right. The stakes are higher. It's like, we actually ordered this. Where's my product? Did you guys say, hey, we know in two months, eight months, we're going to actually have a product? Or how did you guys message that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, we just, we told customers that, you know, to expect it that winter because um, that was just what we understood the manufacturing timeline to be. Uh, and don't get me wrong. I mean, that's, you know, that's been a challenge, right? Is in any sort of pre-order phase, people you know, if they're, if you're fortunate enough to have demand for a product, then, uh, you know, people are going to want it soon, right? (laughs) Especially if they're shelling out a good amount of cash. So, um, you know, we communicated that it would be there uh, on the timeline we we presented. And, you know, some people that worked for, some people it didn't. We're really grateful for the people it did work for. Um, You know, we've been doing this batch thing now since last March and uh, March, 2020. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's been super effective. I think customers like to, you know, have almost that exclusivity. Like I got in on batch one or I got in on batch two, or I got in on batch three, um, you know, and as we kind of continue to grow, it's something that we're, we're pretty conscious of is, you know, how we're going to approach manufacturing. Yeah. And how, how much did you guys raise on your first pre-order if, if you don't mind sharing? Yeah. Um, so you know, we raise, uh, we, we raised like mid six figures. Uh, I'll just, you know, leave it there. Um, we're to date, you know, that's, that's where we're at, uh, is just probably, you know, in the mid six figures range. Um, 
thinking about raising a little more, but it's always, you know, delicate, right? Like managing investing versus cash flow and, um, you know, how much do you want to give up? Do we need to give up? Right. So, uh, but that, that capital in the, uh, in the fall, you know, definitely helped us uh, to get to where we are right now. And, and your pre-orders, did, were those, how did you get all that? Was it all your network? Was it Facebook ads, Instagram ads? What do you, how did you bring those people in to do the pre-orders? Yeah, sure. So we, uh, you know, we, we work with um, some influencers, some coaches in the area, some tournament operators. It was, it was very grassroots to start. And then uh, we did, you know, do a uh, bunch of Facebook and Instagram ad campaigns. Those have been super successful. Um, you know, I think it's a product that really resonates with the basketball audience. I think a lot of people see it and they're like, dang, like I wish I had that when I was younger. Or, you know, what if I could get this for my, my daughter or my son or uh, my grandkid, right? Like, you know, it's, it's a really cool product to potentially gift a young athlete so um you know we've seen a really strong response from from facebook and instagram we're getting into tiktok now um you know email has been a good channel for us as well people are super interested in you know following along the story and and kind of understanding like you know as we continue to grow and 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 build like what we're going to be doing next and like you know what is the next product these guys are releasing you know what are they doing now because you know, content has been a really big side for us. And, and I think, uh, you know, we really invest in like storytelling and, and, you know, visual, uh, visually showing people the product in action rather than, you know, just marketing jargon and, and, you know, different stuff like that. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And, and I would imagine, did you guys hire someone or did you or Thomas have experience in like Facebook ads or did you guys hire an agency? Just self-taught. Uh, I, I run them, uh, just kind of had to figure it out. You know, we didn't, but you had never ran a Facebook ad campaign before that. Uh, I had experience working with an agency. So I I had worked with an agency uh, for previous businesses and, you know, I've always been very familiar. I've been running e-commerce stores since, you know, I graduated college in 2018. So um, I knew what to do. (laughs) I hadn't executed much, but uh, you know, I think there's no better way to learn than actually having some skin in the game you know and and so spending our money you know being conscious of our budget and all of that was was super valuable and and definitely shaped like you know the approach like i I wasn't gonna just throw 10k at something that you know i didn't know it was gonna work because we're not getting that money back so um you know that it it was all self-taught and uh thankfully it's paid off pretty well yeah how long did it take you to you know, start to increase your budget from like a hundred dollars to, you know, higher, um, once you hurt that learning curve. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it honestly, it didn't take too, too long. Um, you know, I like to think that I was more lucky than anything just because, you know, we have such a great product and that's a testament to Thomas and the engineering team that has nothing to do with the marketing sales side. So, um, you know, they, they make my life super easy. All I got to do is sell the thing, you know, (laughs) they they made the machine. Right. So, Um, no, it's, uh, it, it took a little bit of time. I'd say we, we scaled up pretty substantially now where we're super comfortable at, you know, all of our different budgets and, and where to put money in. And, um, you know, I think we've got a pretty well machine at this point. Cool. That's awesome. And let's, let's shift gears, talk about a little bit of shark tank action because people love to talk about shark tank, as I'm sure, you know, talk about how okay so i know i know the backstory but how did you guys get into shark tank or how did you apply in that process but i really want to find out 
when the uh, the filming stopped that day, what happens? Because there's a, a thorough background check and I'm sure they looked into your books and everything, the product or whatnot. Walk us through that process as well as like how you guys got on. Right, right. Um, well, just to start from the beginning. So uh, Thomas's fiance, uh, Amory, you know, she sent in an application, not really knowing what was going to happen. Uh, it was COVID, you know, April 2020. So who knows if they're even going to film, but, um, you know, they ended up letting us know we, we had gotten selected and, um, you know, eventually filmed the episode, uh, got the, got the deal with, uh, you know, on TV with Mark and Barbara. So, um, it's just a cool, it's just been a cool experience. You know, Shark Tank is super mainstream. I think it's a really easy way to explain your company is to show them the clip of, of Shark Tank. So, um, you know, there's a, there's a due diligence period that you go through just like you would with any investor. Uh, it's actually pretty, honestly, it's a very like similar process to just, you know, working with any sort of traditional VC or, um, you know, angel investor fund or whatever it may be. Uh, they perform due diligence. They ask all the same questions, all that stuff. So uh, it was cool though. And so when it finally goes through the deal, that is how long from the time the deal to it aired, what was the time frame on that? Uh, so we, uh, we filmed in the fall and then it aired on May 7th. So it was quite some time. Yeah. We were kind of waiting to hear back. And, but uh, did you have the deal done like officially by like, um, we're not allowed to really oh, okay. speak on it, uh, but gotcha. just NDAs and contract stuff. Gotcha. Like, okay. That's, that's okay. Good. So it was done sometime in between there from sure. No, gotcha. Uh, okay. And, and so May 7th or whatever it airs, what like do, is, are now the floodgates open? Do you have access to Mark Cuban and his resources to Barbara and her resources? Are you on the phone with them all the time? Are they, you know, is, is it, is it, I would imagine it changed quite a bit, even just putting Mark Cuban, let alone any, anyone else's name on it being because it's basketball specific. Sure. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been cool, man. I mean, we've definitely seen an uptick in traffic and sales and just kind of authority, right? Like in general, like people, uh, you know, you don't look at us and you're like, what the hell is this company? Right. Like you can, you know, find plenty of information about us. We're, we're out there. So um, it, it, it's been a huge boost for sure. It's interesting too, like the Shark Tank brand in itself. And I don't know if they meant to do this or when they notice this happened, but it is kind of like a stamp of approval. I see all the time, like the, uh, what is it, the cousin's lobster truck everywhere, yeah. right? And just Shark Tank, Shark Tank, Shark Tank all over it because it's kind of yeah. like a stamp of approval, right? Yeah, hundred percent. No, it's, it's cool, man. I mean, it's such a good talking point. Um, you know, we're going through Techstars Sports Accelerator right now. We're actually rocking the shirt. Hey, there you go. Um, they, uh, you know, we, we did this really cool process where we just connected with a bunch of different people in the TechStars network. And, um, you know, it's always a fun conversation topic and, and everyone wants to ask, you know, how was the experience? Like, what, what was it like? And, uh, you know, it, it's been awesome. It's been really cool. And Is hopefully TechStars all virtual. Uh, it's, we've been in person. It's, it's yeah. in Indy. So um, Indianapolis, so I spent some time there. Thomas spent some time there and, um, you know, it's, it's been amazing to just get to see the city of Indianapolis, you know, especially thank goodness, like things are open up a little more. So we get to explore a little bit, uh, and playing ball at the Y. So, you know, we're about to pull up with a grind machine in August here. Nice. Uh, um, show them what's up, but, uh, 
yeah, no, it's, it's been cool. And so, you know, they, they introduce you to a bunch of people. Some of them are in person, some of them are uh, over uh, zoom or, or whatever. So, um, you know, it's cool to have those resources and, and be able to talk to anyone, no matter where they are. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. And building a network from that angle. What's your guys's strategy moving forward. You mentioned NIL with influencers, athletes, now college athletes, but I guess that includes high school athletes as well. It, what's the strategy yeah. around that? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we're really interested in just trying to explore that, right? I mean, the creator economy is so it's obviously something that is, you know, front and center right now. I think that's what a lot of people are trying to base their businesses off of. And, um, you know, I mean, a lot of our mission is like, we want to empower kids to have, you know, their own resources and, and the ability to, you know, work on their game, no matter if they're locked out of the high school gym they don't have access to that shooting machine or if they can't afford a traditional one or whatever um and so part of that mission i think spills over into these athletes you know and helping them monetize their own likeness and if it's something that can work out where you know they're able to promote the grind machine and we're able to you know compensate them on a you know sale by sale basis then could be something that's really cool um we haven't figured it out quite yet I think we're waiting for a little of the dust to settle. Uh, a lot of people, you know, tumbled right in right now and there's a lot of weird stuff going on with compliance. Totally, totally. So um, we're taking it one step at a time and we'll be working with some athletes in college for sure. I think you're right there. I think 99% of organizations are like, even, even schools are like, we're just going to take a step back and kind of wait to see the dust settle. And yeah, then you yeah. had like the 1% of people who announced it on July 1st at, like, you know, the big splashes or whatever, yeah. legal or illegal, whatever it was, yeah. uh, it happened that, that day. So that's interesting. And then, so moving forward to, you alluded to this earlier is like, this is your phase one products and looking at other opportunities. What are those other opportunities? If you can share, are they more hardware? Are there software? Is it integrated? What does that look like for you guys? And, and what's the timetable on that? Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're, we're, you know, we're definitely trying to uh, introduce some software components um, as far as features, you know, I'll hold off on that until, uh, until we're dropping it, but it's going to be a really cool experience for kids. Uh, Thomas and I were these kids, right. Our whole lives, like we're designing stuff that, you know, we know, us and our friends would have loved back in the day also trying to you know keep pace with I mean kids every their preferences are changing more quickly than ever before these days right every year there's something new um, there's some game breaking technology and that's kind of the expectation so um, you know being conscious of that but you know some sort of uh, enhancement to, to using the machine is, is definitely on the horizon and then um, you know just continuing to improve the products and uh, you know trying to make it the best experience possible for kids. I mean, that's really what all we all we care about, you know, is is making this something that is just a really uh, it's a game changing addition to any kid's life, you know, or a, a trainer or whoever it is, like whatever that customer looks like, you know, we want this to be something that they look forward to using. Uh, who doesn't love shooting hoops, right? And you know, we're here to make that process even better. Um, so that's kind of what we've got planned for the future. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's interesting. I think there's, when you say trainer too, like what comes to mind is like how you can set everything almost like a tonal type of thing, right. Where you can have like a bunch of different bands and whatnot. And it's kind of included in your package deal as, as you go along. But I think that 
because there is no script, right, for what you're doing, there's stuff that you can look at. You can look at your Pelotons of the world who has a hardware uh, integrated, and now they have, you know, even apparel line, right? Do you guys see those? You kind of pick and pull of ones that you think could potentially be fits and, and go with that, or are you guys just staying in your lane saying we have a pretty good idea of what we're doing? Uh, I think for right now, we're super focused on, you know, basketball. Um, we've seen a lot of products come through in the basketball space and, you know, it's, it's really hard because like to infiltrate that experience of just shooting hoops in the park is, you know, difficult. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. um, you know, we're, we're like, there's a lot of distractions when you're building a business, like everyone's going to pull you every different direction and, and tell you, you know, I think you could do this. I think you could do that. And it's like, execution is really what we're more focused on and, you know, growing this brand making sure that all of our customers you know existing customers are just thrilled with the product um and you know kind of maintaining that core focus is is our top of mind right now to just before we kind of get into other stuff you know it's kind of like you got to conquer something first and and really beat that level before you can go to the next one um and we don't feel like we're quite there yet yeah makes sense and let us know i know we got about 30 minutes here so we're wrapping up but let us know if Anything we can help with? I know you said parks and recs. We've got connects to parks and recs. If if that's your route, or high schools, or colleges, athletes, media, you get let us know, man. Hit us up. Use us as resources too. We're happy to help. Sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate just you know all the love. Uh, when Thomas and I were on that panel, it was it was dope to connect with them, those people. Uh, so it's been it's been awesome. We're excited to keep working with y'all. Cool. Appreciate it, Brian. Appreciate the time, man. Absolutely. Take care.